Welcome to The Family Room, where we offer hope, encouragement, and wisdom centered on biblical truth and Catholic teaching, because God's kingdom begins at home. Now welcome your hosts, Mari, John, and Craig, right here on AM 1160, The Quest, your Atlanta Catholic radio. Welcome to The Family Room. We're so glad to have you back with us. I'm Craig Wiesmeyer, and I'm here with my co-hosts, Mari Cleveland and John Gordon. So glad to be back in the studio. How are you both doing today? I'm doing great. How about you, John? All is good here. That's awesome. And it's good to see you again, John and Mari. Um, Last time we were together, last week, if you remember, we were speaking with uh, Melissa Foley, and she was talking to us about identity. Well, she's back with us today to discuss relationships, which is going to enhance our families, which is awesome again. But before we begin, I'd like to start with a prayer if we could. So Mari, if you don't mind, please. Thank you. I'd be glad to. So listeners, if you'll join us in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we praise you. We praise you because you are our Abba Father. You are the one who gives us life, who gives us our identity. And Lord, we just pray today that each one of us seeks you first and foremost as we seek our identity, that our identity is found in you alone, and that we all feel and know that we are your beloved and you are well pleased with us no matter what we have or what we haven't done. Lord, we thank you for that. And Lord, I thank you for Melissa being on the show with us today. I thank you for all that she is going to share with us so that we can bring your love and your hope into the relationships that we each have in our lives. And it's in your son's precious and holy name that we pray. And we also, um, in the name of Jesus, and we also say St. John Paul II, pray for us. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Mari. You're welcome. Thank you, Mari. So, I'm thinking back to the last show that we did with Melissa. You know, who am I? And and we spoke about our identity and Christ and how that equips us for relationships. And in the very beginning of the show, and, and I would encourage folks to go back and listen to that. We'll talk about it a little bit later, too. But in the beginning of the show, we joked a little bit about Genesis 2, 24, you know, where, where the Bible says, and, and for this reason, a man shall leave his, his uh, mother and father and cling to his wife. And we said, it doesn't say anything about the fact that when he clings to his new wife, Life, he brings all kinds of baggage and she returns the favor, right? <laughs> and so we're like, oh, there's a lot, you know, that, that's, that's packed into that. But this morning, maybe uh, set the jest aside and recognize in the spirit of hope that also in Genesis, we are told, we are informed, reminded that we're created in the image and likeness of God. Mm-hmm. So in addition to all the baggage that we sometimes bring or we can bring, there's this genuine identity. And, and, and image and likeness of God that each of us has. And that is a, found, a great foundation of hope. It is. Yeah, I love that. And it was so encouraging listening to Melissa last week. And listeners, if you didn't hear last week's session, we just encourage you to go back. You can always go into the, the Quest Atlanta to our app, or you can go online as well, and you can seek our uh, previous shows. And so if you'll go back and you can listen to that. But one of the things... Um, John, as you were talking about that, us being made in the image and likeness of God and that being our identity, it brought to mind for me something else that I have heard many people struggle with, and that is, okay, so what does that mean? You know, if I'm made in the image and likeness of God, who am I? And um, and the most important thing, and I think Melissa shared this with us, is we need to be listening for who God says to, that we are. And one of the um, 
it makes me think of Henry, Henry Nouwen and Henry Nouwen did a lot of beautiful work and, and I've shared his work with a lot of people before. And he takes us to a really special time in the gospel story, um, or not just the story, but in the reality of when Jesus was baptized, because what's interesting is, you know, Jesus came to earth to be man, to be one of us. And so God also uses the baptism of Jesus to remind us of who Jesus is, but I think also to really remind us who each one of us is as well. And if you look in Matthew chapter three, um, at the very end of chapter three in verse 17, um, John, uh, John the Baptist has just baptized Jesus. And it says in verse 17, and behold, a voice from heaven saying, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. So right then and there, God reminded or is telling Jesus and telling everybody else around Jesus who he is. He's beloved and God is well pleased with him. And what really struck me in that and what Henry Nouwen brings out as well is that at that point, Jesus hasn't done anything yet. You know, we haven't heard or seen anything about Jesus since he was about 12 years old. He really hasn't done much of anything yet. He hasn't gotten all these disciples. He hasn't done any miracles, but God is already well pleased with him that he is well pleased with him because of who he is, because his identity is as a son of God. And that's what God wants for each one of us as well. And, you know, Melissa was telling us the story about in last week about the young mother who was trying to prove her worth and her identity in everything she did, even having like the best cupcakes at the, <laughs> in the, in the preschool or this, I think it was second grade, maybe the best cupcakes in the school. So we try to do so much of that. And once again, scripture tells us because you go right after this is my beloved son with whom I well pleased into the very first line then in in chapter four of Matthew then Jesus was led up by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil and like oh my gosh right away he started being tempted just like we're tempted to doubt who we are and that's essentially what happened for those next 40 days is Satan tries to tempt Jesus to not believe who God just said he was, to, for, to to not believe his own identity of who he is. And he gets him to think about, you know, you, you need to prove it. You need to prove who you are, prove that you're the son of God by doing this or by having this. So about what he could do, what he had, what other people said about him. And that's exactly the way that he tempts each of us. So that was just really profound to me when Melissa talked a lot about how we really need to understand who we are in, in Christ and what that means. Satan's the world. Satan is all those things that we hear about. Well, that election fell apart and you know, you're no good because of this or the, anybody out there saying you're no good because of whatever. And we tend to carry all of this forward from a high school coach that maybe degraded us, mm. you know, like you're not good enough to play this sport, you know, whatever. Or a parent may have said something very simply to us that hit us at the core. But the interesting part is Satan used scripture to try to confuse Jesus. Yeah. Jesus countered it by using scripture and kind of putting right. him back in his place. And what's interesting is, you know, you look at Genesis, okay, from the very beginning of time, there's all this chaos going on. There's no form. There's no mass. God shows up. Mm. He speaks into the chaos and he creates. But it's what I found interesting is as he's creating, he creates the sun, the moon, and the stars. He creates her and he says, oh, this is good. Then all of a sudden, the Trinity talks to itself and says, let's make people in our image. Mm -hmm. Not in somebody else's image, but the image of God. They do that. They create, God creates. He speaks and creates people. 
And the key thing that I found in this passage is he looked at everything he made. Now, all of a sudden, God says, and it's very good. Mm. So yeah. not just was. good. Yeah. Our lives are what make all of this very good. Mm. And then you turn around and you look at Psalm eighteen nineteen, where God says, or well, the psalmist says, he brought me out into a broad place. He rescued me. The next phrase is why? Because he delighted in me. Mm. We've lost a lot of that because we live in a world that all you get is negative news. You get all this deception trying to tell us, well, you're not this, you're not that. And what does God do? He sits there and simply says, I delight in you, just like you said about Christ. I delight in you simply because I made you mm-hmm. for a purpose. Exactly. You know, you belong to me. That's awesome, yep. Craig. That's awesome. Thank you for that. Yeah. You know, and it's interesting. We do. We think we have to prove it, right? We think we have to earn it. We think that it's something that we're going to do versus just we're just God delights in us because of who we are. And I know that for me personally, you know, and each one of us, I think, can think about those times where we doubted, where we tried to do something else. And I remember just as um, a young adult, um, I was very driven. I was a very driven person. And I always was trying to um, earn things and to feel it. And I think I did it because I thought my worth came from what I what I did. And I remember making a cursio when I was pretty young. And um, for those of you who don't know, cursio is one of our beautiful Catholic um, opportunities to go on uh, a, a three-day retreat. And you learn more about the love of God. That's essentially what you learn. You learn how much God really does love you and who you are in him. And I came out of there thinking, you know what, God, I want to turn my life around and I want to learn to be called by you instead of being driven by this world. And I think so many of us have that sense of being driven and some of the stories that Melissa told made me remember that those times where I felt like I needed to be driven by what the world was telling me what I needed to do in order to count in order to be worth it. But if we recognize we're so loved, then we just want him to call us and be called by him. And if you look at it too, when we talk about Melissa, um, for our listeners, if you remember back or you listen back, you know, one of her ministries has to do with, um, inner healings and Mm -hmm. letting people know their beloved. And, it's amazing that so many of us have lost, I guess, that sense because, again, we've been told something. To your point, you know, I played basketball and I was fortunate enough to play at a pretty high level. Uh, but it's funny how, you know, in coaching, they tear you down mm-hmm. to kind of make you angry to fight back. And you do that. So you live a life of, well, I'm competing all the time. Mm-hmm. I'm always got to be better. I've got to be the best. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, you're not the best. And your mind starts to replay that. Oh, well, you failed here. You failed there. And it's funny because, again, you, you, you see that loop telling you all these negative things. But yet Romans 12, 2 tells us, be transformed by a renewing of your mind. Do not conform yourselves to this age, but be transformed by a renewal of your mind that you may dis- discern the will of God, what is good and pleasing and perfect. And it's interesting because um, I'm actually taking a course in spiritual direction now, which is tied to counseling and some other things. And in the last 20 years, they've actually found out now that by changing what your attention is on and what you're thinking about, you can actually reprogram your mind. So when scripture coming out to us 2000 years ago (laughs) says, you know, be transformed by a renewing of your mind. Science is now telling us that if I focus on those positive things, I can rewire my mind. The synapses change. 
the neurons and then the neurology changes and does reconnections. And by focusing on scripture, by focusing on what's, you know, as they say, what's beautiful, what's delightful, our minds will start to search for God in that. And all of a sudden our identity becomes, dang, I really am loved. I am really am cared for. And like Christ being tempted, that pushes back those negative sounds and negative words in our minds. In our minds. You know, Craig, we're constantly, there's so many things. You talk about the coach, if it's your job, there's, if, it's your, if it's your marriage, there's different things all the time that just kind of remind us or make us feel like we've got to continually earn uh, our worthiness or we question our worthiness. And I really think that, uh, and, and this is my personal opinion, I guess, but I feel like um, so, sometimes we fail to recognize that we're worthy or we fail, um, we, we just don't catch in our own brains. All those synapses aren't correctly rewired yet. And so we, 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 we miss places in our lives where God reaches down and touches and shows us something to remind us how much he loves us, how he delights in us, and how he's ready to rescue us. And so I would just encourage our listeners to, just to take a few minutes. Um, um, in, 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 well, you get a second. And, and, and think about um, what, what is a time maybe in your life, something that's happened where, where you can stop and think back, hey, really, there was God reaching out to me or he, he put his hand into my life and, and some, good things, uh, some good things happened. And, um, and so I think that would just be, uh, if you want to have a takeaway, um, that would be a good one. And then um, maybe do that after taking a few minutes to listen to our last show. Um, go back and, and you know in, into um, into your Quest app or, or uh, online and look at our show, our first show on who am I? Uh, our identity in Christ equips us uh, for our relationships, and um, and and let that be um, uh, a springboard for uh, for that few minutes to find that. Yeah, no, it's beautiful Craig, talking about you? gratitude. Sorry, John. Yeah, no, talking about no. gratitude. So I appreciate you bringing that up because so often we forget about gratitude. Um, and then, and that, Craig, maybe you take a minute and reintroduce uh, Melissa and get us down the path for our second show. Absolutely. As I said uh, last week, I'm always happy to introduce Melissa Foley. She's a uh, dear friend, and she's been working with uh, women and men in healing ministries. She has a retreat called Beloved, and she's helping us understand identity and understand relationships. You know, we're all children of God, and we understand who we are simply as God recognizes us. Once we do that, to our point about rewiring our minds, once we recognize that we're children of God, we start to look at other people in the same light and start to view them as children of God. And with that knowledge, um, we're bringing ourselves again to Melissa Foley as she's talking about conversations and restoring and enhancing relationships. So I want to welcome you. Thanks so much for joining us again. Thank you for inviting me back. I can't believe it <laughs> that we can do this again. Hi, listeners. Uh, thank you for joining us um, once again to talk about uh, things that are very close to my heart. And it sounds like after listening to all of you, it's very close to your heart, too. So mm -hmm. thank you. We're so glad you're here. So Melissa, and like Craig was just saying, you know, we were made for re relationships. We have all these opportunities to be in relationship. And you talked to us about that last time, that we've got all of these um, 
great ways that we're in relationship. And you reminded us, like Craig was just saying, that we have to first almost stop and put our own oxygen masks on first, right? We need to see ourselves as God sees us. And once we do that, it changes how we see other people as well. So we've got all of these relationships. Maybe listeners, you can think about the fact that you're a parent or you're a spouse or you're a, a child yourself. You've got siblings, um, you've got all neighbors and we're in all of these relationships and some of them are good, but some of them are also hurting and broken, broken places as well. But God, is in, in all of them and he can use each of them in a different way. And so can you talk us through how God maybe uses our relationships, all the various relationships to heal us? So I, I'm so grateful that our, we spent so much time in the beginning in the last show to discuss who we are because we can't move forward into understanding how we maneuver relationships unless we're really secure in knowing I am a child of God. Therefore, mm -hmm. he loves me. He's got my back. He wants the best for me no matter what. So even when these hurt, hurtful things happen or broken relationships and hurt parts of us, um, he comes in to those places and turns it into fountains of grace and mercy. Mm. Yeah. That's what he does. Think about this for a minute. You know, the uh, scripture passage of... Well, truth, really, uh, when our Lord was suffering um, and had died on the cross and uh, the centurion came over and he put his lance in our Lord's side to see if he was dead. Right. And what came out was blood and water mm -hmm. and it came out and poured on the person who had lanced him. And that wound, right, that wound that was Christ's end up becoming this life-giving flow for all of us, of course, but also for that man. I think um, he had a conversion mm -hmm. after that, right, um, mm -hmm. and uh, became a follower of Christ. But it gives us a really good imagery of what happens, like those parts of us, those wounded parts do become, with by the grace of God, a fountain of mercy for mm. us. What a beautiful image. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I had never made that connection, Melissa, about it coming right back on him. That's amazing. Thank mm -hmm. you. Mm -hmm. um, so, I'm kind of like a, a hardcore do-it-yourselfer handyman guy. I host a home improvement show and I love tools and like I like things that helped me make things get better. I mean, my wife will tell you, typical male, just wants to fix things. Um, <laughs> but, um, but in that spirit, um, Melissa, what are, what are some tools that we can use, that we can take uh, to talk about or to, 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 to improve these hurts or these wounds? And one of them is, has almost a, um, a contradictory name. It's a pretty intriguing name are the tools that you use. Talk mm -hmm. to us a little bit about some, some real practical things that we can do. One of the things I find very interesting, John, about you having a home improvement show, okay? I don't think that this is just a man thing, okay? We have all of these shows that are all about transformation. Guys love, right, maybe um, transforming things, you know, the befores and the afters, HGTV yeah. And, yeah. and all these beauty things with women, like before her hair looked horrible <laughs> and now her hair looks amazing, you know? <laughs> 
I think it's a deep desire in our humanity that God gave us this spirit and this uh, intrigue of transformation because it's what he calls us to. He calls us in to be uh, transformed and renewed in our mind and our body and our spirit. So uh, you're actually a very practical, you're showing a very practical side of a deep desire that we all have, which is uh, wanting to be fixed. (laughs) <laughs> we're too fixed, right? <laughs> so unfortunately, awesome. we want to fix too many times, right? We want to be in charge. It's a lot easier. It's a lot easier. Yes, it's a lot easier to point to someone else and say, you know, you're a hot mess. You need to, you know, get your life all together. Um, and speaking of that, right, uh, in relationships, um, God, okay, just a theological moment for a second. God is a community, right? Father, mm-hmm. Son, and Holy Spirit. He's a community. And it also says in John that God is love. And one of the things that um, I find fascinating is that love implies a recipient. Mm-hmm. So God in himself uh, needed, that's why the, we have more than one person in the Trinity. Right. He couldn't just be one by himself because he couldn't, he, there has to be a recipient. Right. Of his love and it coming back to him. Anyway, in, in the cases of our relationships, he is a relationship. Mm-hmm. And when he calls us to our relationships and even though they're broken, they're hurting sometimes, uh, we are still called into the depth of that same transformation and that same love. He desires it for us. He's not going to leave us alone in our hurt and broken relationships. Mm-hmm. Actually, the exact opposite is true. The exact opposite is true, which means that um, he comes into those relationships where he's invited always. By the way, God stays where you put him. Mm. So if you don't invite him into these places in your life, he's not just going to come barging in. That's so important for us to hear. I remember seeing a painting one time and it had Jesus on one side of the door and us on the other side, but the doorknob was only on our side. Exactly. Wow. Because we have to open it and invite him in. He respects our freedom completely. Uh, Now he's watching, right? He's there. He's loving, but wherever you keep him is where he's going to be. If you have him in an arm's length and you're like, I, okay, so John, this is for you. I've got this. (laughs) I'm going to fix this myself, right? (laughs) I've got the hammers. (laughs) I've got the nails. I got this. Well, guess who's not going to help be, be really all up in there helping you, right? So the idea is to, uh, yes, he gives you, (laughs) it's a gift to have hammer and nails, right? But that we invite him into these relationships is like step number one. (laughs) Yeah. Or into ourselves. This part hurts. This relationship is hurting. I don't know what to do. Lord, please come in and help. That's like step number one, right? Mm. Uh. I would like to offer today a very practical tool that we could utilize um, in our relationships. And it doesn't matter if it's with our children, with coworkers, with spouses, um, but just a very practical tool in how to maneuver an argument. Melissa, does it come with instructions? Because I'm not John <laughs> yes. and I'm not handy. Yeah. So is it, please keep it simple for okay, people like myself. This is going to be very simple. All Great. right. Thank you. We're going to call this tool uh, barbed wire. 
Oh, this sounds like a painful tool, it Melissa. Does, doesn't <laughs> it does. <laughs> yes. Way to make things better. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, the idea about the barbed wire tool is that you imagine, let's imagine with yourself first. Okay. It'll make, it'll make more sense with yourself. Uh, imagine that over your lifetime, you um, have been wrapped around, uh, your body has been wrapped around with barbed wire. And some of the barbs are embedded more deeply than others on your skin. Mm. And so some of those barbs um, are going to be hurt more than others. And we can imagine that those barbs are like things that have happened in your life, in your past, a lot of childhood things, right? Teenager things. I mean, even adult things, we can have uh, hurt parts in us. Um, and if you imagine that barbed wire wrapped around you and you're walking around in your day and someone bumps up against one of your barbs, um, if it's one of those really deeply embedded barbs, it's very sore and you usually protect at all costs. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If someone comes up and bumps up against that, what are you going to do? You're going to get mad. You're going to get angry. And like me, you're going to start screaming and hollering. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or, you could, or you could start crying or you could right. retreat and run away. Shut down. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Right. The, your f initial instinct is going to uh, try to get that person away from you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In whatever way. In whatever way. Right? right. And so sometimes what happens is in our life. So let's make it practical in, a, in an argument in our life. We get in an argument with our spouse, let's say, okay? It's an old argument. It's probably has to do with money. It has to do with the in-laws. I mean, we know these arguments pretty well. Uh, the argument happens and uh, one of you goes from zero to a hundred. Mm. It goes from, we're just talking about something to someone screaming or someone withdrawing completely. Mm -hmm. And so that feeling of being uh, dysregulated in your system, all of a sudden, maybe you're screaming, like Craig was saying, you're, you're screaming, you're um, very angry, or you can withdraw, your breathing will change, you might feel panic, so those emotions, right, explode out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. So listeners, if you are tuning in right now, you are listening to The Family Room, and we have our guest today, Melissa Foley, and she is just describing for us this tool that she's using, the barbed wire, and what it feels like. And so we want you to stay tuned. We're going to break, and then she's going to continue on describing what has happened with this situation and how this tool, how God can use this tool to help heal relationships. So stay tuned. We're coming right back to the family room on The Quest. Let us offer a prayer of thanksgiving for the priests serving in the Archdiocese of Atlanta. Eternal God, we thank you for the blessings of our priests who represent you on this earth. Make them more greatly aware of the grace that you pour out through them as they minister the sacraments and help them to fall more deeply in love with you after each and every Mass that is celebrated. Please strengthen them so that they may lovingly and courageously shepherd your flock. May we support the priest in the Diocese of Atlanta by offering them kind words, deeds, and assistance. We thank you, God, for the gift of your priest. Allow them to remain an example of your truth 
and a guide to all those he is entrusted to serve. We ask these things of you, our Lord, our eternal priest. Amen. AM 1160 The Quest is listening to you, too. One listener shared. Every time I get in my car, I turn on The Quest, and it seems to always address whatever is on my heart that day. God is really speaking to me through this station. Thank you so much for bringing a message of truth and hope into my life and to so many others across Atlanta. If you're enjoying the station, please consider supporting us with a donation. Go online to thequestatlanta.com. Mass is a miracle that happens every minute of every day, from the rising of the sun to its setting. Right now, a Mass is being offered somewhere in the world. And in that Mass, simple bread and ordinary wine become Jesus Christ, God Himself. In this miracle, Jesus enters you when you receive communion. If you're not there, this miracle just can't happen to you. So please, meet me at Mass. The Quest presents Lesser Known Saints with Ken and Chuck. Tell us about St. Alexis of Rome. Born in the late 4th century, Alexis was the son of a wealthy Roman senator who, along with his wife, were very charitable Christians. His parents' generosity had a profound impact on Alexis, who wished to renounce all of his wealth. His parents, however, had chosen a wife for him. Out of obedience, he obliged them. But on his wedding day, he obtained permission from his bride to leave her. He then fled to Syria, where he lived as a beggar and taught children about God. Twenty years later, Alexis returned to Rome and went as a beggar to his parents' house. They did not recognize him. He lived under their stairs for 17 years. The servants were cruel to him, and he never told his parents who he really was. When he died, his parents found a note telling them who he was and how he had lived his life in penance all for the love of God. His feast day is July 17th, and he is the patron saint of beggars. For more homegrown wisdom, visit thequestatlanta.com. Did you know that your body has a theology? Original solitude, what is that? In Genesis, God, who is three persons in one, says, let us make man in our image, perfect love and perfect giving. So Adam is created in the image and likeness of God. Adam wants to give too, but he can't quite give in the same way. He's not God. When God invites Adam to name the animals, Adam realizes he's different. They cannot name themselves. When he is tasked by God to cultivate the earth, Adam is aware of his duty towards God. No other animal has this self-awareness. Adam knows what he is not, but not what he is. This knowledge of himself as being different is Adam's experience of original solitude. I'm Clarissa Cicciocco for Creative Catholic Works. For more on the theology of the body, you can find us at creativecatholicworks.org. The Quest invites you to pray the unity prayer. Let us pray. My adorable Jesus, may our feet journey together. May our hands gather in unity. May our hearts beat in unison. May our souls be in harmony. May our thoughts be as one. May our ears listen to the silence together. May our glances profoundly penetrate each other. May our lips pray together to gain mercy from the Eternal Father. Amen. Welcome back to the Family Room on The Quest. 
Welcome back, everyone, to the family room. We're so glad to have you with us. I'm Mari Cleveland. I'm here again with my co-hosts, Craig Wiesmeyer and John Gordon. And today we are talking with Melissa Foley, and she is doing a great job explaining to us ways that we can enhance our relationships. Um, and she's just started telling us about this very practical tool in, with an intriguing name. Our tool, the tool is called Barbed Wire. And um, right before break, Melissa was describing what it feels like to be covered in this barbed wire where we've got these wounds that are kind of set maybe from things that happened in our past in our childhood where the barbs are dug a little deeper into our skin and then somebody bumps into it and you were just telling us about you know in those situations where maybe you're with a spouse and you're in an argument and something happens so we're all listeners I know you are we're all on the edge of our seats going okay keep telling us your story we want to hear more <laughs> about what this happens. yes I'm sure you all can uh relate to mm -hmm. what it feels like to be uh, in a discussion that turns very quickly <laughs> into mm -hmm. an argument. Mm -hmm. We know what that feels like. We, the person, either you or the other person will go from zero to a hundred, right? In that moment. And so uh, that when you notice, when you're in an argument, you noticed your, your feeling shifting whether that is withdrawing or feeling numb or wanting to run or wanting to be uh, feeling angry and, you know, even wanting to um, emotionally push someone away. That's a very good signal to you that someone just bumped up against uh, a wound mm -hmm. for you. And what it means is that it's, it's very typically not about what it's about. I'm mm. air quoting right now. It's not <laughs> about what it's about, you know, where the discussion may be something that uh, can be easily resolved. Mm -hmm. uh, but because it just touched something that was painful from the past that is unresolved, mm -hmm. it turns very quickly um, into an argument. So like your reaction is so much more extreme exactly it should be is much more of an extreme than what that situation should really call for is exactly. what you're saying yeah okay it goes from a rational conversation to irrational mm -hmm. very quickly like for for me i know that i cannot stand being um patronized at all that's i don't know where the wound came from but i know that if i feel patronized i can totally feel myself viscerally have this yes. big huge reaction and the person who i'm talking to may not even know that I just perceived that they patronized me, right? Uh -huh, and I'm uh -huh. thinking about my husband in situations every yes. once in a while, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. That makes and sense. And it's not even his intention to no, do that. He didn't do anything. Right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but there is that unresolved part in you that, mm. uh, that place is an opportunity for healing. When that happens, okay. okay, this is what we want to do. When that happens, uh, there's a couple of steps that potentially I would suggest. One is if you recognize it in yourself, that you communicate it to the other person. I feel like I, you know, I'm, I'm having a reaction to this that has really nothing to do with you. Uh, can I take a break from this conversation? Mm -hmm. And to just be open and honest. So it kind of gives the other, get the other person off the hook in a sense. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm having an issue right now. <laughs> when we communicate that, that gives us a, some space to say, to go to prayer. And this is, the, this is the question you ask God. What are you trying to heal in me? Mm. Um, our emotions are a gift from God. And he will he will allow a situation to 
happen in order for the feet, our feelings to come back and he heals through the feeling. Oh, wow. So the, he'll allow a feeling to come back and then he goes back through it in order to heal. But we just ask him, what are you trying to heal in me? And wait for him, wait for him to respond. It, depending on your relationship and how prayerful you are, the timing of his answer uh, can vary. Right. (laughs) Uh, And so sometimes it might be uh, you might get an answer fairly quickly. Sometimes you're too dysregulated and too angry to hear him. I was just working with a couple last uh, last week with this exact scenario happened. They got into an argument. She couldn't even tell me what the argument was about. Mm -hmm. All she knew is that she couldn't trust him. But the argument had nothing to do with (laughs) I can't trust him. Oh, wow. So it took her three days, which was also my magic number also back in the day, three days of fuming anger, steam spewing out of her ears until she could calm down enough to even ask God the question, what are you trying to heal in me? But because the husband was also introduced to this concept of barbed wire and she was able to say, I'm feeling it coming on. He was able to back off a little bit and go, okay, and he could pray for her. Uh, and then she could, after a few days, come back to her, her, come back to being more regulated and able to hear God. Does that make sense? Yeah, that totally does. does. Yeah. And it's interesting when you just said, um, I think something else important, you said he knew about it as well. Mm-hmm. So it almost sounds like you could also say, I think you just hit one of my barbs. Mm-hmm. Yes. So if you both are speaking that language, you can say, I think you just hit one of my barbs. And then it takes, it makes it not about them so much, right? Well, in our relationships, especially our, in our marriages, <laughs> our Lord loves to use our marriage to sanctify to us. Sanctify Have you us. noticed that? Anybody ever noticed that? <laughs> yeah, we, we say that in my house all the time. I'm here to make you a saint. <laughs> You're on your way to heaven because of me. You're exactly. That's awesome, Craig. Yeah, you know, She's uh, doing a good job, Craig. Yeah, no, I don't know about that. She's working really hard, though. I'm trying. I'm trying. John, what about you? Are you becoming more of a saint? Um, I, no, I think uh, there's, a, there's a, a thing from scoundrel to saint. On, if it's a continuum, and I'm very close to scoundrel, and Barbara's a saint, and she just keeps calling. <laughs> One day, maybe. One day, maybe. At least she's calling and not like beating you up with a staff and a rod. So that's good, John. True. She's True. gentle. Yeah, she, <laughs> has, she hasn't she taken is. her halo off and hit you over the head with it or anything. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> why is it? Why is it we men are always the scoundrels, though, John? Oh, I don't know that that's true. I, I think in my house uh, I can totally be a scoundrel at times. <laughs> Me too. Yeah, I think we all have. We all have. Um, we were, you know, created in the image and likeness of God, and then that broken part is the scoundrel nature. We all have a little scoundrel in us. It's so a good point. It keeps things exciting. And it's interesting but too, Melissa. With- yeah, sorry, John. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I was just saying we ran away with that, so we should let them get that Now, I was just going to say, though, because you bring up all the practicalities, which is awesome, because we are not equipped. I mean, the, did we go through marriage prep? Nobody hands you this manual that says, by the way, as John said earlier, somebody's bringing some garbage along with them, <laughs> as are you, and this could happen. But I also think it's interesting because the practicality of the barbed wire, barbed wire is all truth, but it's got to be revealed truth. Somewhere, somehow, God has to, number one, let you know you're in barbed wire. Barbed wire. Number two, he's got to start drawing that out. He's got to start saying, 
It's not that bad. I can heal these things. There's a brokenness. Let, to your point earlier when you were talking to John, Craig Wiesmeyer can't fix what's going on in my family. I tried. And he keeps giving me the scripture that says, be still and know that. And I think big capital letters, he says, I am God. Not you, Craig. Not what you want to do, but I'm God. Do you have any more stories like the one you just mentioned, though, with these people? Because I think we can all relate when we hear a story of how you worked with a couple and what happened and how they we worked through it. Because in my family, I'm the lean inner, if that's even such a word. <laughs> I want to lean in and resolve because I'm going to fix this. And Kelly is a let me get the heck out of the room because I've got all this anxiety about what you just said. And I need to go process it. But I'm the one chasing her around the room, kind of saying, no, we're going to resolve this now. And obviously, that's not the right move. So who, when, where else have you seen practically these things work and, and the results of that? All right. So if we take the same couple that I'm working with, okay, um, they have this argument. She gets... Uh, very upset, not anything about what they're talking about, but actually about something deeper in her actually it was deeper in their relationship. Mm. Uh, it would, they had significant past in their relationship. She had reason not to trust him in her relationship. Right. And so it was bringing back a wound that actually came from adulthood. So it's not always about your childhood either. Mm. It was a wound that came in marriage. And so as we were praying through this, um, one of the things that was very clear is that when that argument started, they were at odds with each other. Mm -hmm. They were against each other. And what barbed wire does is it helps you when she's able to communicate to him, you just touch something. I need some time. He was able to back off and they both said to me separately. I see them both separately. They said to me separately. I felt for the first time we were on the same team. Mm. That's so cool. Wow. So listeners, if you are just tuning in, you are listening to The Family Room, and we have our guest today, Melissa Foley, and she is taking us through this amazing tool for our relationships where God wants to heal us. He wants to heal us through our wounds and through our hurts, through the emotions we're experiencing because of those, if we let him, if we invited him, him in to let him. So so Melissa, continue on. That, that's, that's awesome. So when this couple, uh, when she was able to take that time out, um, he knew to be praying for her during that time and to leave her alone, Craig, <laughs> leave her alone, let her process that anyway. And, uh, she went to adoration and she was asking, what are you trying to heal in me? And she said, Melissa, I couldn't hear anything. I was so mad. Mm -hmm. I couldn't hear God. I was trying for days. And I was like, that's okay. It's okay. You have to let your body reset because it, like Craig was saying, um, in the beginning of the show, your body can learn once it starts to heal and once it learns the process to calm itself down quit more quickly. Mm -hmm. um, so this was her first time using barbed wire. So it took her a couple of days, which was okay. Uh, so she comes back to me and is like, I don't know how to process what just happened. So can we walk through it? Absolutely. So we discover that underneath all of it was, I don't trust him. Mm. Okay. So I said, well, let's invite Jesus into your relationship and, and see what he wants to say about your relationship. Okay. So our Lord in her prayer takes her to this memory of 
her husband standing in the kitchen wearing a baby Bjorn with their baby in it in the front, you know, like one of those baby carriers in the front. And he was chopping vegetables in the kitchen. Oh, he had a knife near the baby. <laughs> See, this is a mama bear, right? That's why I don't trust him. No. So, but she said, actually, it was a very, very sweet memory okay, for her. <laughs> and that here he, here he was, he was chopping these vegetables. The baby, you know, it was, it was a sweet memory. But what our Lord showed her was that, yes, it was a sweet memory, but it was also to her felt like a facade. Um, He was living a double life at that time. mm -hmm. And so he brings her back to that memory. And, um, she said, she asked Jesus, where were you with us? Because I feel like you abandoned us in our marriage. Mm -hmm. Where were you? Did you know all this was happening? Where were you when our marriage was falling apart? And our Lord, in her prayer, she saw Jesus standing between the husband chopping vegetables and her watching. And she said, I don't trust him. And Jesus looked at her and he said, no, trust me. Mm. Trust me. And in that healing process, it was a tremendous healing for her. She's like my this whole time I was thinking that he that my husband was the one that had to that I was that he was going to be the solutions to all these deeper problems that I have. But it was really mm-hmm. Jesus saying, no, but trust me, mm-hmm. I got this. I got you both. <laughs> this is a sacramental marriage. I've got you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and that that I think for us, especially as Catholic Christians, the fact that our marriages are sacraments and that Jesus does stand in the middle of our marriages and he is the truth. He you know, we're looking for truth. We're searching for truth. He is the truth. That is such a beautiful image. I'm so glad you shared her, her, um, her image that God gave her in that prayer. That's Uh beautiful. So there he was, he was standing in between them and he had one hand reached out to the husband and the other hand reaching out to her. And there he was standing in the middle and he was kind of showing her that he's interweaving, he's mending the, this relationship and to trust him because she, she invited him. She had the focus on the right thing, which is what is God trying to heal in me? Um, when he goes back through that feeling of distrust and he heals it, um, those healings are still like layers in an onion. It takes a while. It, you know, sometimes they're healed immediately because he can do that. And other times it's like multiple times of forgiveness, multiple mm. layers of forgiveness. Or mm. um, So the barbed wire is just a tool to help you realize that sometimes you bump up against someone unknowingly mm-hmm. and it really is not about you. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it is, they have a hurt spot and you just accidentally hit it. <laughs> yeah. The other thing to think about also is that when, um, in a marriage, when one person, what you're used to is one person hitting the roof and the other person, it just escalating. So it's almost like your barbed wire gets locked together. Oh, so one hits the wound and then the other one's like, oh yeah, well, what about this? Boom. And then they oh. hit the woman. What about that? Oh, and then next like thing you know, yeah, you're both on the ceiling and it's like you're, you got interlocked in those barbs and you just keep hurting each other. So having the context, the vocabulary to talk, to, to talk about this in your relationship is, uh, it's a real gift. 
And, and but what about if somebody doesn't want to, right? So you gave us a great example of a couple where they both were open to talking about the barbed wire and being on the same page. What if you have somebody who doesn't want to have these conversations about barbed wire? Yeah, and that's going to be the case for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can still do it yourself. Ah, yeah, just you can still do it yourself. Recognizing those feelings in you, stepping back and asking our Lord, where are you trying to heal me? Mm-hmm. And allow and inviting him in mm-hmm. and allowing him to show you where he is and what he's up to and yeah. what the truth is and what the truth is. Okay. Yeah. So just a quick question, because you've gave the practical idea of barbed wire. Mm-hmm. Sounds like another practical uh, tool is take this to our Lord. Mm-hmm. Go, go into prayer. You know, uh, I think uh, we talked a, a little bit last time about me growing up Protestant. Right. And I, I learned very early on, to that Jesus is a real person. Mm. He really loves me. He really cares about me and he wants to be in communication with me. So I can ask him all kinds of questions. What do you think about this? How do you feel about this? Do you want to, do you want to, how do you want to solve this in my life? I ask him a million, a million <laughs> questions a day. You would love it, Craig. Aren't you glad you're not Jesus? <laughs> hey, what about this? And what about that? But, uh, but you know, he's not, he's not, uh, offended by your questions Mm. like he can handle whatever question you have for him he he can handle that even if you're mad even if you're upset at him even if you wonder where he's been when things have happened to you uh he can he can handle that and he wants to receive that um he wants you to tell him how you feel about things And so asking him questions and being in prayer and talking to him like the real person that he is, Mm -hmm. it's a real source of grace for your life. Yeah. Listeners, once again, if you are just listening, tuning into us, you're listening to The Family Room here on AM 1160, The Quest, your Atlantic Catholic radio, and we're listening to Melissa Foley. And we've only got about uh, five or six more minutes with Melissa here this morning. Um, so, Melissa, are there, um, you just talked about inviting God in. Are there specific questions we should, should you just told us some of the questions. Is there anything more around that that you want our listeners to really understand? If I were to give you one question to walk away with, it is, God, what are you trying to heal in me? Mm. When you feel that way, I don't want to bombard you with a lot of questions to ask him, but um, will you please come in and help me? Mm. <laughs> and what are you trying to heal in me? Yes, that those questions the invitation uh, with him to go deeper. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's great. So um, just, I guess a couple things, but it, great with the questions, but um, how do I invite him in? Remember, we kind of talked at the very beginning about we don't necessarily recognize his hand, or you talked about, or I guess, Mario, you was at the picture with the door and the knob is on our side. What, what can we say to God, or what do we do, Melissa, to turn that knob or to actually invite him in and to say, come on? Uh, you know, he's so eager John and so willing to be in your life and to be um, accepted by you that it doesn't take much of anything. It's, it it can even be the slightest desire for him to come in 
and he comes in. So you don't even have to open the door wide open. It can just be a little crack. And he's like, yes, I'll take it. I'm coming in. You know? So it, it's actually very little. It's actually very little. Just please help me. Please help me. Sometimes, many times the people I work with, that's, that's the, the length of the prayer that they can, that they can muster up at some times in their life. Just God help me. Mm. And he is maybe right there. You just get the what out. He's ready to listen. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. In, in, with that in mind, um, I would encourage your, uh, our, our listeners um, to, to find ways to reach out and touch you. Share with us before we get gone, uh, Melissa, some ways that our, our listeners can get more information about the things that you do and the tools that you use and so on. I am so excited. You may may not remember this, but in October, mm-hmm. I am having a um, healing and forgiveness worldwide conference, virtual wow. conference. Wow. Um, last year, we did it and had over 35,000 people <laughs> attend this online conference that had live prayer rooms, live wow. Q&As from Amazing. the top people the top healers in the world um, were were present and they're coming back again because our mission is to release that healing uh, power of God into our world, especially Mm -hmm. today. Mm -hmm. So um, you can go to lovedalready.com and you will find ways to access that conference. so loved already loved already.com and mm-hmm. listeners will have that in our show notes as well that you can access if you go to our website at am 1160 the quest or the dot com. i always forget the quest atlanta yeah yeah google the quest atlanta and we'll come up and you'll find it <laughs> yeah so i invite oh, you to dot com i invite you to uh the healing conference because there you will find you know, people who have the charism, the healing charism, uh, and that are willing, uh, to release that charism and to share additional tools. And, uh, so it'll be, it's a great place for more tools. That's great. That's incredible. Well, thank you for sharing that. And as we close, as we always do, would you close us with a prayer, please? I'm happy to. So if everyone would like to join in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. So Holy Spirit, Lord, the giver of life, you who come down, it came down upon the apostles in a mighty wind and fire. You filled the house where they were and gave them the gift of tongues to proclaim the wonders of God. We ask you to come down upon each one of us now. Fill us with yourself. Make us a temple where you will dwell. Open our lips to proclaim your praise, to ask you for guidance, to declare your love. Holy Spirit, we ask you to enliven our minds to know you, inflame our hearts to love you, strengthen our will to seek and to find you, so that you, uh, life-giving breath of God, can be the air we breathe and the sky in which our spirit soars. In Jesus' holy name we pray, amen. 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 That was awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much, Melissa. Um, So listeners, we've got a couple of minutes as we finish up. I just want to um, make sure also 
that uh, you understand that uh, this hope that's offered that Melissa keeps talking about, you know, this is this is yours. And so at the quest and once again, our, our website is thequestatlanta.com and you can go on and we've got all kinds of resources for you. You can go back and you can find these episodes and you can listen to them again. You can listen um, on the app, which you can put on your phone, the Quest Atlanta app um, or on your computer. And you can listen to the show that we had with Melissa Foley last week. You can listen to this show again. And you can share it with other people and you can go to our show notes and in our show notes you'll find not only the resources and the way to contact Melissa at lovedalready.com but you can also um, see all the different scripture that we talked about as well um, during our time together today so we are so glad that you have been able to um, join us um, in the family room we really appreciate you being here and continuing to support the Quest Atlanta which is your Atlanta Catholic radio because it is because of your support. We are totally a volunteer um, supported radio station. All of us come in as volunteers each week and we know that all of you out there um, have so many gifts and ways to support us. So please reach out to us at any time. You can also reach out to us and let us know additional topics you want to hear. Um, we've got amazing speakers who are going to be coming and sharing their gifts and their knowledge, just like Melissa did today, sharing their experience, sharing the gifts that God gave them, because we want to make sure that we are providing for you um, knowledgeable and um, and holy and uh, Catholic speakers who have a lot of wisdom to be able to encourage you. So um, join us again here next week on The Family Room. Um, we are we hope to equip, encourage, and support marriages and families today. Thanks for hanging out with us in the family room. For more info, go to thequestatlanta.com.